everything's funnier when you put the in front of it and you make it a gerund. Yeah. The drunkening. The drunkening. The drunkening, the snortening. The the fuckening. The fuckening. <laughs> I was gonna say the giggling, but that's not nearly as fun. So no, no, the no. in giggling. The in giggling? The in giggling. In gi- oh it's on the inflection. Yes. The in giggling. The in giggling. In gi- Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your hosts, Melissa, and your other host is... Wendy! Yay! Yay. And tonight, <laughs> we're going to talk about Star Trek versus Star Wars. Because why the hell not? I know! Because <laughs> we've had this conversation a million times over at... Various fan conventions. Every but every geeks had this convention. Usually drunk, like we are now. Like we are, we will be honest. We are both of us already tipsy. Yes, and uh, we already finished a bottle of Gwenock Victorian Claret North Coast 2011, and we are debating opening another. Yes, you'll find out if we did or not. Yes, we will keep you posted, and the evidence will become rapidly apparent one way or the other. Yes, either will we. <laughs> either we will continue to make sense or even make slightly more sense or it's just going to go way downhill real rapidly yeah mm, yeah the two worst hangovers i have had in recent memory have been the day after my roller derby team won the championship okay that that is well earned yes yes there was a lot of alcohol drunk that night mm-hmm and the day after we recorded our first two podcasts. <laughs> yeah, the two of us split two bottles of wine in a few hours. Two and a half. That, oh, God, that's right. It was two and a half. How did we do that? That was too much. It that was, was too, a lot. That was a lot. If you stuck with us, dear listener, through those first couple of podcasts of extra drunking. Oh my god. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, the hearts. first one where we were sober but covered in static. And the the second one where you could hear us but we were incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> we are currently downstairs and the wine is upstairs. Yeah, we'd have to go upstairs to get it. That is a problem. The thing is the beer is downstairs. If we go with beer, there is beer down. I'm not a beer drinker. Uh, That's a shame. I know, it is Which means I need to stock wine downstairs. Yes. Hold on. Uh Uh-oh. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think I think I got something for you. Oh. (laughs) Well, I've still got half a glass of claret. What Melissa has just put in my hands, dear listener, is a smallish, I don't know, probably six ounces um, bottle of Hakutsuru draft sake. <laughs> I'm going to be drinking the shit out of this as soon as I finish my red wine. And then I'm going to be really grateful that my house is literally blocks away. Because <laughs> I'm going to drink this Hakutsuru. So, Star Trek versus Star, Star Wars. Wars. Okay, well, clearly Star Trek wins. It got here first. Aww. And we're done. Look, that only no, no, took no, 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 like no, no. seven minutes. But and the, half of that was you getting more alcohol. You know what? I should have put together a box a, office. A Venn diagram? Venn, not a Venn. Well, Venn diagram, A flowchart? Flowchart. I feel like chart, we need, Pipe chart, bar chart. I feel like we need some visual aids to fully grasp. And, and like a chart would be any use on a podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm pointing here. As you can see in this bar chart. 
I suppose we could post a PowerPoint <laughs> with bullets and then talk our way through it. That'd be super exciting. So, so Star Trek and Star Wars, I feel, are... Well, I mean, I think it's kind of a false dichotomy, actually. It is. Because Star Trek is born of hard science fiction. Yes. And Star Wars is science fantasy. Everybody talks about that. It drives me crazy. I, ah. you know what? I'm going to, uh, my husband and I had an argument. Oh, in, oh. Okay. Oh. Now, let's be honest. My husband and I arguing is a lot like, no, no. Well, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and that's the extent of it. But my husband, out of nowhere, he does this. He's like, top 10 science fiction films, go. And I'm always like, where did this come from and why are we doing this? And he's like, I just, we're doing it right now. And then we start listing films, and I immediately say, well, Star Wars needs to be on the list. And he's like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's science fantasy. And I'm sick of that bullshit, because okay. there are blasters, there are spaceships, and there are lasers. Well, what more do you want? Death Star is pretty science-y. Yes. But then again, there's also this whole, well, there's warp. They go into warp and hyperdrive. There's the whole force thing, but then again, when you get into the prequels, which I don't want to, actually. But anyway, you get into the prequels, they go with the midi-chlorians. Yeah, and yes, there is a mystical aspect there. Mm -hmm. But then again, how many science fiction films go into telekinesis or some of the, the psychic powers anyway? Mm -hmm. And that's all that the force is. But but I think I think when like, they, when, okay. when people say that it's science fantasy, I I don't think it's necessarily about that. I think when you talk about Star Trek, whether it's the TV series or the feature films, they are science fiction in that they are take it. it science fiction is the structure by which you're talking about social situations or. Um, problems of today in the, in okay. a fantastical way. I'm I mean they're they're play they're, devil's advocate on your yeah, side. Yeah, they're they're they social commentary. And so yeah, let me yep, let me finish and yep, then you can go. Yep. So I, I think Star Trek is very much about social commentary. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm giving a thumbs up. Whereas Star Trek is this is a rip snorting tootin' yarn. This is an action film. This isn't necessarily commenting on anything Okay, wait. Big, but it's a, it's just a classic story of the path of the hero. Okay. It sounds like you're saying science fiction has to make a social comment. Not necessarily. I think, I think what people are getting at when they say it's science fiction versus science fantasy is that there, it's hard science fiction versus soft science fiction or something okay. like that. Now, for all that I just said, I'm sick of the science fantasy stuff. What I, I will mm -hmm. play devil's advocate and say... Star Trek, you have to have science in order for the fiction to happen. Okay. Okay? You have to have the science of space travel going to other worlds mm -hmm. in order for these stories to happen. Mm -hmm. And I just know I must sound super drunk right now because I can feel it in my S's. My S's, <laughs> my S's are getting very drunk. Um, <laughs> whereas Star Wars, for all that I love it, and pew, 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 and lasers, the fact of the matter is... That same story could be told in a variety of scenarios. Right. You don't have to have and ships and lasers to tell that story because yeah, it's, because it's, it wasn't. It was. It was. It's a movie called Hidden Fortress, people. Uh, or it's yeah. the Adventures of Robin Hood, or yeah. it's any number of the westerns. It is the hero's mythos just told in outer space. That is true. But I, when people say science fiction films, can we just? Call Star Wars science fiction, please, because it ushered well, in a whole space thing in the 80s after Oh, all. yeah. Well, I, I'm more okay calling Star Wars science fiction than I am calling gravity science fiction. Yes. Because gravity I don't think is gravi a drama set in space with actual technology. We yeah, I don't, I don't consider gravity a genre film. I don't either. Okay, good. We're on the same page. I think the booze right. kicked in. Right. <laughs> Every time you say that, it makes me think of Wrestler's Rhapsody. <laughs> Do you remember they're sitting around the campfire and he like eats it and he's strumming the guitar and then all of a sudden it's like a full orchestra. He's like, yep, kicking in. <laughs>
Okay, first, we should define our terms. Yes. Okay, when we say Star Trek, are we talking TV show and movies or just I movies? think we're talking about everything. Okay. And I, and I think with Star Wars, we're talking about everything because you know by the end, I'm going to be talking about the holiday special because I fucking love the holiday special. Okay. Let it go down on record that B. Arthur going into musical mode in the Star Wars universe, I am totally fucking on board for. I'm okay with that more than I am the prequels. Like I, I will agree with that. Seriously, for me, the canon is the you know the original trilogy and the Star Wars special. I don't want to admit about the pre the prequels. I don't. I hate them. I really, really, really hate oh, them. Oh, I'm I'm a, I'm with you. I they, they I took think this the... universe that was vast and mysterious and exciting, and they made it tiny and annoying. Yeah. I will absolutely agree with you and on the prequels. <laughs> I paid $2 to see Revenge of the Sith. And halfway through, I was regretting the choice. But I stuck it out so I could laugh at the end. The, the closure of Revenge of the Sith. Okay, I, I will back up and I will give you a, a story here. The... Um, through most of the 90s and part of the early 2000s, I was working at a place called World of Fish. <laughs> We've heard about this before. Yes. World of Fish in Richfield, Minnesota. It is a fish store. Fish. Fish. I sold fish for a while. And that's how part of how I worked my way through college was selling fish in a fish store. Um, it's... <laughs> where. What did you do again? I sold... <laughs> Fish. <laughs> so there's fish in my record. I do own a fish now, and his name is Fishy. And his name is Fishy. His fishy. Name, I'm not kidding about that. His name is Fishy. But anyway, I did a rule of fish, and I sold fish for many, many years. I was a manager <laughs> at the store, as well as several friends of mine. And my friend Paul Bastian and I would rent a movie theater at midnight because in the late 90s the midnight movies thing wasn't a thing anymore yet uh, for yeah yet in the late 90s for every star trek film release and for the star wars prequels and for the lord of the rings movies we would rent a theater at midnight and invite about 150 of our closest friends and we'd all split the cost. So it wound up being like five bucks a person, so a little bit cheaper than a regular movie ticket. And we'd get to see these big premiere movies at midnight uh, together. Yeah, it and was, it was awesome. awesome. It was totally freaking awesome. And I remember seeing the first Star Wars prequel. The very first time I saw it was at one of our custom movie showings. We didn't have to wait in line for anything. We we just rented our own goddamn theater and invited our friends. And we all enjoyed the hell out of it. Even though it wasn't a very good movie. I saw the movie again like a week later with some, with some other people who hadn't gotten to see it at the uh, screening. And I sat there in the theater drunk as hell having a great time making fun of it. Yeah. Because it was a terrible movie. But fast forward to the third prequel, Attack of the... No, it wasn't Revenge of, Revenge, the Revenge of the Nerds. And, <laughs> and I remember sitting next to Mr. Christopher Jones for mm. the entire thing. Oh, my God. And getting to the end. And the credits rolled. It's like two in the morning. The credits rolled and the lights came up. And Christopher Jones, DC Comics artist Christopher Jones, man who draws Batman for a living... And I turned to each other and looked in each other's eyes. And in unison, without communicating anything else, we both went, No! <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> you know what that reminded me of? Do you remember collateral damage? Yeah. Yeah. But do you know what I remember more about collateral damage than the movie itself, collateral damage? Mm hmm. Okay, so several years ago, <laughs> our friends David and Crystal went to China. <laughs> and they, uh, this was right around the time Attack of the Clones came out. <laughs> and, and 
they saw in a Chinese market a DVD of Attack of the Clones. And literally <laughs> this this movie came out just weeks before. They went, well, that's a bootleg. <laughs> and, and they looked at it and said English subtitles on it. And they said, okay, yeah, why not? It's cheap. So they bought this bootleg of Attack of the Clones and brought mm -hmm. it home. Yeah. They and get... we were watching it at, I think, one of Wendy's parties. Yes. And it was indeed... The video itself was indeed Attack the Clones. It had been dubbed into Chinese. It, it had it was dubbed into Cantonese, I think specifically. Okay. And there were indeed English subtitles. They were not for that movie. <laughs> no, they weren't. They were they were from the movie Collateral Damage, just <laughs> synced up with the lips of the people talking in Attack the Clones. And since there's not a whole lot of dialogue in Collateral Damage, they burn through that dialogue in 45 minutes, so they just loop it. <laughs> Attack the Clones. And you know what? It made Attack of the Clones so much better. Well, because anything it, would. Oh my god. Because it, it suddenly became about this drug deal going south, and, <laughs> and wow, it was so much more entertaining. So I like Collateral Damage, but even more so for making Attack of the Clones enjoyable. <laughs> well, and I, what I remember about that dub of Attack of the Clones is that because of the cultural prototypes, stereotypes of China, that whenever Yoda would speak, because he was a wise master and therefore sort of magical, his they'd put reverb on the voice. It was all, raw, 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 I am Yoda. Um, 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 um. It was hilarious. Uh, I wonder if he also spoke in backwards speaking Cantonese. Yeah, that I want. That would be interesting yeah. to find out. Like yeah. if the Cantonese were like, what the hell are you saying, bud? Or I wonder if the Cantonese was also from collateral damage. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd that would be great. That would be even better. <laughs> okay, okay, that's cool. I hate the prequels so much. I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to talk about it because we could just talk about how yeah, much I hate and, the prequels. Yeah, and, and and to be fair, you know, on the internet, this the I hate the prequels thing has been gone over to death. Yeah, right. And there, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to hate them. They're yeah. really shitty films. Yeah, yeah, and I have. I don't want my daughter to know they exist until she's a grown woman. And she's already got a firmly established set of movie-going criteria. Tim Wick let his kids watch those fuckers, and now they like them because they grew up with them. And, and it's hard to be critical about something you saw that young. And I want my oh. daughter to be extra critical of those fuckers, because they're just shit. They are bad movies. Mm. You know, even taking being taken out of context with the original Star Wars trilogy, which is two and a half good films... And yeah, yeah, it, and God, it just galls me that there's more bad Star Wars than good Star Wars. How about this? Yeah. There are two and a half bad because I will say that half of Attack of the Clones is enjoyable. I wouldn't say half because I think a half hour is very good of Attack of the Clones. All of this stuff with you and McGregor. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're right. It's more it's, like a half hour. It's, a, it's like a half hour. If oh I could my just God. have all the you and McGregor stuff. The first half hour of Attack of the Clones, I was watching the going, <gasps> Oh, this is nice, and I like it. And then, and then it dashed all my hopes. What I remember about Attack of the Clones is that after it was over, like I think Tim Wick was like, I think I liked it better than Phantom Menace. And I'm like, no, it was worse. And he's like, how can you say that? There were, there were actually good points of this. And I'm like, yes, there were good points. And then they were followed by shitty points. And every time you got something good, you just knew more shit was coming. And the shit was made more shitty by the fact that you had just seen something decent. And that's why it was worse. It's like being in an abusive relationship with George Lucas. Yes. <laughs> like he gives you flowers and wine and then he beats you up. It, and, it, it, and it makes the flowers and wine not worth it. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. There's a lot of bad Star Trek, too. Particularly in the movies. Yeah, oh, there really is. I yeah. mean, honestly, let's leave aside the motionless picture because... I, you know, I've gone into this before. I love the motionless picture. Well, then the motionless picture isn't a bad film. That's why I want to leave it aside, right? Yeah. Okay, it's not a bad film. It's just, it's just an unfortunate product of its age where they yeah. were trying so hard to make something important that they ended up making something turgid. Yeah. And turgid sounds a lot like turd. <laughs> for a reason. 
Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the problems that Star Trek has been getting into lately is it's gotten stately. Yeah. And it's not It's very Oh, look, we're fun. making important pronouncements about culture. Yeah, the the original the the original TV series of Star Trek was high-minded without getting stately. Yeah. And, and he even still when got it, Jim Kirk punching the shit out of people. Even when it got important, yeah. And you can spot the important episodes a mile out. Yeah. Even when it got important, it was still approaching it from a very humanistic perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what makes it good. If I were to say one defining sort of difference between Star Trek and Star Wars is is again, leaving the prequels out, that Star Wars feels like mythology. Mm -hmm. Star Wars feels like the gods roaming the earth and this is what we know about the larger motivations, about the hero as hero. Yeah. Right? And Star Trek feels more feet on the ground. Okay, we took that mythology of what a hero is and now we're trying to apply it in our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. And these are all the different ways that we try to do it and we screw it up. And it... They're both really good ways to attack the world, right? right. You want to have that hero mythology that inspires you to pick up the lightsaber and go off and fight evil. And at the same time, you like having the stories that go, yeah, we kind of blew it, but it's okay. Let's mm-hmm. pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and get back in there and try again. <laughs> Although I love, I do love the Star Trek where they start being honest about the bureaucracy of Starfleet. Oh, yeah, that's interesting stuff. That's good stuff. Like, I love Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine is a a thing unto itself. Deep Space Nine is my favorite. Mm -hmm. It is my favorite of all the series. And it breaks the mold because Roddenberry always wanted standalone episodes. He wanted it always... You could pick up anywhere and you didn't need to know what happened before and that had to be okay. Mm -hmm. So Roddenberry would never have gone for Deep Space Nine. But oh... Oh, because they did have through lines. And then you're just like, I hate you so much, Golducott. Oh my God. (laughs) And Kai Wen, you cunt. And I see that as a feminist. She's a cunty McCunterson. (laughs) Oh, I am opening. Oh, I am now opening. You're opening the the, the sake. I, I should go over here and get some beer. Okay, Melissa's getting a beer, and I am failing to open. You need to open this for me, honey. I don't oh, know how boy. that opens. Okay. Well, I don't know how it opens. There's a tab. I feel like I'm going to break the tab off without actually opening the sake, and that's going to be sad. Do you well, just, we can find some way to open it. Do you just pull it? Oh, whoop, whoop. Oh, I did it. it. I did it. I did it. Yay! Do you know sake doesn't really have a smell? Yeah, it kind of doesn't, does it? That's what makes it great. You don't even know what you drank. You're like, why am I drunk? All right, I'm going to try your draft sake. Draft sake. So, Wendy has a sake, and I have Shell's dark. Ooh. I'm going to get drunk on this. (laughs) Diggity dang. I find it interesting that Star Trek has gone into all these different versions of itself. And I, kn- I know Star Wars has done that to some degree, at least in the books. With the books. And I there's haven't Clone read, Wars. And there's yeah. Clone Wars. Clone I Wars. actually have read... I have read a Star Wars book. Oh, how was have, it? Um, it was about a sentient planet. Oh. It was quite enjoyable. I quite like... It was written by Greg Bear. Oh, Greg Bear is awesome. I know. So it was very enjoyable. Hmm. I quite liked it. There was something about, like, the planet might have been a Jedi, I think. I liked it. It was okay. So it's like Ego the Living Planet for I know. That's what it made me think of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like when you compare Empire Strikes Back to, for example, Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan is really actually a very small story. Well, yeah. It's it's the rivalry between two people. Mm -hmm. It's epic in scope and it's... It's Shakespearean. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ricardo Montalban. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled my R's at you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Empire took what was sort of a fun swashbuckling adventure and made it bigger. Yeah, the, the scope of Empire I love. And I love the fact that it had balls to end on a downer. Yeah. It, that was the best called shot ever in movie dumb. Mm. That was the, 
We're so confident in our story. We are so confident that we're going to end this swashbuckling adventure on a downer and expect you're going to come back for the third movie. And and if anything, it, it did. We were all like, even more so, we're like... Oh, wow. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Why do I have to wait four years? Give me now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Delicious. (laughs) It was. It was. It was fantastic. It it really was. Now, I did not know until recently that Hamill and Fisher and most everybody else signed a three-picture deal. Yeah. Ford did not. Yeah. And he didn't like playing Han Solo. I did not know this. How do you not like playing Han Solo? <laughs> How do you not? And so when they filmed Empire, they weren't sure he was coming back for Jedi. I huh. only found this out like in the last month. What the fuck? How did I not know this? I feel like a <laughs> dumbass. I feel like everybody else is going to be like, "How the fuck did you not know that, Bowlesby? With whiskey tango, fucking what?" Um, <laughs> and yet, once I knew that, light bulbs just pinged all over my brain because it makes so much of Jedi make sense because. That's why they brought in Lando Calrissian. Lando yeah. Calrissian is the exact same character as Han Solo. And if Ford wasn't going to come back, they've put him on ice. Mm-hmm. They can bring him back or not, depending. But they've established a new character that can fill that slot yeah. just in case. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And wouldn't it have been interesting if Billy D. Williams had filled the Han Solo role? First off. If you can't have Harrison Ford, Billy D. Williams is a pretty acceptable substitute. I'm all good with that. Yeah, he was quite dashing. And he wore that cape well. Mm-hmm. He really did. He rocked the cape. Yeah. I mean, you can sit there and, you know, look at all the Star Wars films and look at the kind of vague racism and the vague... No, I don't know. We're not talking about those sexism. fucking prequels. And, and no, I'm talking about all of it. I mean, you're, you, I mean, you have Leia is an amazing female and she character, is, and she is not remotely annoying in any of the usual female ways. Except no. the problem being, she's the only female. She is the only female. That's what makes her. A yeah, problem. she is. She there. There's like token diversity all over the place in Star Wars. You've yeah. got the one black dude. You've got the one. And white he's great. Girl, he's effective. Well, he's yeah. complex. Mm-hmm. He he's an agent. I mean, he's a great character. I mean, at least if you're going to have a black character, he's a great character. But the problem is, he's the only one. Yep. And that's what makes him a problem. Yeah. Same with Leia. Aw. <laughs> Fest just showed up, but not wanting to interrupt. He put a little sign. <laughs> he's got a little whiteboard. The first he flashed at Melissa that says. I love you. And then I look over and it says, not you, but I think you're nice. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're nice too, Fess. I love you, Fess. You look good good in purple. Thank you. Yeah. So in thinking about how Empire got bigger, took Star Wars and made it bigger, what's interesting about Wrath of Khan is it took motion picture and made it smaller. Yes. And in both cases, it was a successful choice. Yes. I, I agree with that. That's interesting. Very interesting. I am thinking things. There are and, thinky thoughts going on. <laughs> and it's and it's the second episode of each one. Yeah. The second movie is the best one oh, for so both f- of the oh film franchises. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Now, By far. Star Trek Three isn't terrible, and there's a lot to like about Three. Oh, I don't mind Three at all. Just, I like Three perfectly it's fine. It's just that when you compare it to Two and Four, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, 4 is kind of a product of its age. 4? I don't think 4 ages that well. 4 is an episode made into a movie. Yeah. 2 still has such tragic scope that even though it is the sequel to an episode, Mm -hmm. it has such cinematic majesty that it carries it. And even three still has that sort of grand scope, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing somebody back from the dead and what, is, what do our lives mean? And that truly is the theme because when, when the Enterprise go, goes down and Kirk says, my God, Bones, what have I done? Mm-hmm. That's a huge moment for Kirk. Well, and it's yeah. a great moment. There's so much good there. They really took Kirk and they did so many good things with him in the movies. And God bless James Shatner. James Shatner, whatever. (laughs) 
Did I say that? Right? You totally did. And I have even, some more sake. And I even played William Shatner. That's what's embarrassing. Yes, listeners, Wendy has played William Shatner in a stage play. I have. I do an awesome Shatner. I she do, does. I, I've given a lesson on Shatner. I've seen it. And it's not so much the cadence. I get the body mannerisms pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 I got so a like, lot. Of, I got a lot of kudos on my shat. Yeah. I, I shat it all over the place. It was <laughs> Say what you will about Bill Shatner. He delivered the goods in those movies. He did. Two, three, four. Five on. Well, five. And so I, I feel Shall like we? this is fair. Right? We hate the prequels of Star Wars, and we hate the later numbers of Star Trek. Well, let's say there are more bad Star Trek than bad Star Wars in terms of movies. Wait, five? Six, six is, is okay. Is six, okay. Is, six is okay. Seven is okay. Which Nine. one? Wait, which one's seven? Which one's seven? Seven is... Seven is Generations. Genera- seven's okay. Okay. It's not, it's, not, it's not bad. It's just forgettable and nobody bothers to watch it again. Do you remember anything about eight, nine, or ten? I don't know that I saw a couple of those. <laughs> See. Well, there's Generations. Well, Generations was seven. Generations. I did see First Contact. I did not see the Vulcan one. That was ten. What was nine? nine Wait, that was the Borgy one, wasn't it? No, nine was the one with the planet where you don't age. What? I did not I see know. that one at all. And, and Data was used oh. as, as comic relief. Well, they did so many things wrong it's with so, Data. In like films. eight, nine, and ten are so forgettable. Well, I remember 10 because it was so bad. Although, unfortunately, Thomas Hardy was part of 10 playing Picard. Like, the the clone of Picard. Oh. Yeah, I know. And the thing is that... Yeah, I feel like they had done so much good work in Star Trek The Next Generation that when they took the crew into the films... Yeah. Which were, I was super excited about because they had done such good work with them on TV... And the movies never lived up to the promise. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to take these great characters that it, they had made so complex on the TV screen. God damn it, I wish I could speak clearly. <laughs> they didn't know what to do with these really beautiful characters when it came time to write a big story for them. They didn't mm-hmm. have a story that was big enough. Yeah. And when they tried to make a story big enough, it ended up just being like, what? Although it's so interesting that Star Trek worked so well on TV and yet didn't pull over to movies quite as well, whereas Star Wars worked really great in movies, but oh, the things that happened when it went to TV. Well, Clone Wars was... Clone Clone Wars, notwithstanding. Clone Wars was kind of in a... In a field of its own, because it's so different. Yeah. But but then well, you go to the Ewok movies that were on TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, do you remember the Ewok movies? Fucking Ewoks. <laughs> I hate you, George Lucas. You know, honestly, oh, we should have seen... All of us who got excited for The Phantom Menace should have known... We should have known. Based solely on the fucking Ewoks. And, and the holiday special. The holiday special was between Star Wars and Empire. I know. But still, the seeds were there. Except that if you were trying to be in denial, the very fact that Lucas hated the Star Wars special and tried to bury it... Yeah, true. ...is like, oh, well, maybe we can trust Lucas. Except that Lucas was the one that's like, we could put it on the planet of the Wookiees. Rock on! (laughs) I know! No, wait, no. You know what would be better? To make them three feet tall walking teddy bears and call them Ewoks instead. That'll really sell the story. Mm. Fuck you, Lucas. I still want the story where we get the resistance of Wookiees on their home planet. That would be the bomb. And yet, here's the Star Wars holiday special, which is actually set on Kashyyyk. You know the Wookiee home planet. I do. I know the fucking Wookiee home planet. I love you so much. <laughs> and, and good God, look what happened there. Oh. 
And I am completely honest in saying I love the Star Wars Holiday Special. Being the connoisseur of terrible filmmaking that I am. You are. You have a much higher tolerance for bad shit than You I know, they, they, there, there's a certain threshold that passes when it gets so terrible that I begin to love it. Did you see it on TV when it first aired? I can't remember. I was very young. I did. Oh. I... I remember watching it on TV. What was that like? I was too young to realize what utter shit it was. Mm. So all the parts with like B. Arthur and stuff, I just sort of went, I don't, why would you do this? But all (laughs) the parts with like, you know, Chewbacca. Yeah. And then Leia shows up. It's like, yay, yay. What the hell? I don't, I'm bored. Bored now. Yay. And that was my experience. I, I find watching har- the Star Wars Holiday Special with the hindsight that I now have is tremendously rewarding. <laughs> because you... It's like reading a runestone into the personal lives of all of these actors in 1978-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78-79-78
if something horrible had happened and she had died in the late eighties, like I that would, would not, not be fun. I would not enjoy seeing moments like that of Philip Seymour Hoffman because I am still mourning his passing. Yeah. Then again, Philip Seymour Hoffman, let us be honest, has a lot more I mourn his passing in terms of the art I will never see more than I would mourn Carrie Fisher at that time period. If right. if Carrie Fisher had coked herself out in the mid eighties, it'd be like, Oh, poor Princess Leia. But it's not like she was gonna make great art. Mm-hmm. I would mourn her now because I know she's that great fount of Hollywood history yeah. that we now know her to be. Yeah, I mean, I would totally mourn her now. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek comments more directly on the experience of humanity. Yeah. Right. And we already talked about that. Star Trek ends up feeling, and I mean, part of it is this: you get so many more stories, especially classic Trek, mm-hmm. all the... All the Kirk and Spock stories. There's a, a ton more stories. Mm-hmm. And then the movies on top of it. That you have more of a relationship with Kirk and Spock than you ever will with Skywalker. Yeah, I would... <sighs> I mean, you do. You have a lot more relationship. You've seen Kirk when he's down. You've seen him when he's up. You've seen him when he's successful, when he's lost. Mm-hmm. When he's contemplating what he should be doing. And you get that with but, Skywalker, but you get more gradation. But there's a there's a real arc with Skywalker though. Because he's the whiny teenager at the at the start. And you get this kind of badass Jedi master by the end. Sadder but wiser. Sadder but wiser. And it's true, Kirk you get that in with Kirk in the movies, right? Yeah, I feel a little like bit with in, the Kirk in the movies. Yeah. In the series, Kirk is He's allowed to learn things, but he always comes back to a central place. Mm-hmm. But in the movies, especially Khan, Khan is where they really took off with the whole idea of regret. Yeah. And and Bones is like, you should never have given up the captaincy. Mm-hmm. It is a mistake for you to have been promoted. Although, I read a lot of Honor Harrington. Do you? Have you read any? I never have. It's It's good shit. Really I'm actually is. a very slow reader these days for some reason. Okay, it's good, really good shit. I give a big thumbs up to Honor Harrington. I mean, it, okay. there comes a point where it, it turns into a total Mary Sue, right? And she's a mm. superwoman, right? And there, it's still kind of enjoyable even at that point. But the first, like, six novels are awesome sauce. But one of the things they confront in that is the reality of service in a military organization is if, if you are at all competent... We're not Mm -hmm. even talking about if you're at all gifted and brilliant. If you're at all competent, there will come a point where you are promoted. And you will naturally be promoted out of actually being a captain and into being of flag rank. And the regret of that. The necessity of it, but the regret of, I will never again be the captain of a starship. Mm -hmm. And so... When you read Honor Harrington and you come from a background of Star Trek, oh. there's a sort of, oh, Captain Kirk, I totes get it. <laughs> now you yes. have never actually watched a lot of Trek. I really haven't. I mean, like I've said in previous episodes, I speak fluent Trek. Yes. I'm very familiar with everything that has gone on in Trek because I dated Christopher Jones for seven years and I gathered it through osmosis. But um, I've actually watched, aside from the movies, I've, I've watched all the movies. I've watched very little TV Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched Deep Space Nine? I've seen a couple of episodes of De- oh, Deep Space Nine. I know from the quality of what I watched that if I sat down and had the 18 zillion hours it would take to watch all of Deep Space Nine, I'd probably enjoy it very much. The I know the polit- Deep Space Nine is probably best aimed towards my sensibilities. Yeah, because it's truly a political drama. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that dark and, and complex. And um, oddly enough, I think... Part of the appeal of it for me was that it came out kind of in my teen years, and that was my first convention. I went to a creation con that was held in Minneapolis, 
where they were rolling out Deep Space Nine as a new thing. Huh. That was wow. interesting. That's exciting. Yeah. I, I got dragged there by friends of mine. <laughs> Oddly enough, Jerry Belich's brother dragged me there. Jim? <laughs> Jim Jim dragged me to the Star Trek convention. Oh. I know. Oh, um, did you know that we were trying to make a Star Trek-like series together in the cable TV department of our high oh, school? Oh, I did not. That's adorable. It was... <laughs> oh, my God. We nearly... We nearly caused the death of a very expensive camera. I wish I still had that footage. Anyway, um, yeah, my first, my very first nerd convention was a Star Star Trek convention. Oh, my first. And and was... I ran it, and and Marina Sirtis was there. Oh, and I remember her talking about doing a movie where she was wearing only Saran wrap. Well, that's an exciting thing to talk about. I know. You know, yeah. You should, when you run into her at this year's Convergence, you should bring that okay, up. Okay, so what was that movie where you were wrapped only in saran wrap? Hopefully she'll come to the Guest of Honor reception. We'll be able to ask that question. Yeah. And then we'll share it with you, dear listeners. <laughs> Star Trek versus Star Wars. This is a false dichotomy, and honestly, we only brought it up so we could talk about two of our favorite things. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really bring it up as a conflict, and I think, I think it's an interesting contrast it's, of approaches. Well, and two things that have been so central to geek culture mm-hmm. of the last 20, 30, 40 years. Oh, oh God, are we that old? Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, oh my God. And they do both take a different approach and yet complement each other really nicely, mm-hmm. right? And I would be a lesser geek without one, without both. Like if you, oh, you can only have Star Wars, but Star Trek, mm-hmm. but the Tribbles and, and heading out to Eden, yay, brother. <laughs> <laughs> When really, honestly, I'm a child of Dune. Oh, oh, oh my! God. Wait, are we talking the David Lynch Dune or the books Dune? I'm talking the fucking David Lynch Dune. Oh, sweet! That explains so much about you. I know you are I, so I did, fucked up. I did read, I did read Dune when I was in fourth grade. Fourth grade? Fourth grade. I read Dune. Did you I, get it? Mostly. <laughs> but maybe. I, maybe. But I, I mostly was fascinated with the movie. Yeah. Because it's a hell of a thing. It, It is a thing. It's a hot mess, as we would say today. It is a very hot mess. I like the Dune books. They are, speaking of a hot mess, Frank Herbert yeah. had brilliant ideas, but no ability to write them. I agree. Yeah. Like, Dune is interesting. Dune Messiah. <laughs> no, I feel like Dune yeah. Messiah is a lot more coherent. Mm-hmm. Like, like a clear idea. Children of Dune, even better. And stop. And done. <laughs> and done. Didn't he die after Children of Dune? I don't know. The books kept going. Sweet Jesus. Oh, I know they did. It's like fucking Wheel of Time. Oh, fuck that. Oh, my God. God, just stop! It's gonna be like, it's gonna be like George R. R. Martin and those goddamn oh. Game of Thrones books. It's just there's gonna come a point where we're all just screaming, "Please, just stop!" OMG, they're brilliant now, but he's gonna die, and he's gonna die before it's done because he writes so slowly, and I don't know how many books he's planning on. I'm gonna say. I'm I'm gonna um, ape Neil Gaiman on this and say George R. R. Martin is not your bitch, but I do agree. I don't want him to be my bitch. I just want him to leave some clear notes <laughs> when he dies. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. We'll I, toast. We'll toast that. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to finish the fucking wheel of time. Finish this sake because now I'm thinking about the wheel of time, and that just means I need to drink more. (laughs) Send us a letter or a Facebook comment or a tweet or a comment on our website. It's just as good as a letter because it means you're listening. 
and mm-hmm. we like to know that you're out there. Yes. Because otherwise, we're just, it's kind of sad how drunk we're getting in Melissa's basement. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kind of appreciating this on the level that it is right now. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> Melissa and I have been friends for over a decade. Yeah. But getting drunk with you every two weeks has really brought our relationship to a whole new level. Yeah, fist bump. <laughs> Boop. Ah! Yeah. Well, hold on. Potato? Fries. <laughs> All right. So if you've been listening this entire time, we really appreciate it. And we'd love to know your thoughts on Star Trek and Star Wars. So please. And Dune. And Dune. <laughs> and the Wheel of Time, even. Because that shit, seriously, if you were in it from the beginning, the Wheel of Time, that's like Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, yeah. yes, And I is. know, I get it, man. I was there from the beginning. You and you and I, we could have some conversations. You come up to me at Convergence and you just say, Wheel of Time, bitch. And I'll be like, let's sit down and talk about that. <laughs> so... You need to let us know that you're listening on our on our website or Facebook or Twitter. Let us know you're listening. Answer our questions. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you'll join us next time. God knows what we're going to talk about besides alcohol. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming and joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome this week, whenever this week actually is. Yes. And we hope that you'll tune in next time. And forgive us our drunkening as we forgive those who have drunken with us. <laughs> I, that, that's a motto for my life, honey. <laughs> I'm Wendy. Oh, I'm Melissa. And we that was awesome. And join us next week as we do shit. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Xanadu wishes. You know, Kublai Khan wished he was having this much fun. That's what that's about. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes are up every Thursday. You can find us at XanaduCinema.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at XanaduCinema, and on Facebook at XanaduCinemaPleasureDome. So Star Trek versus Star Wars... Uh, about 48 minutes. Okay, good. Yeah, all right. So we should be able to make this something coherent, right? Oh, absolutely. Mumble, mumble, coherent, mumble, coherent. Mumble, Do we have more to say about Star Wars? Oh! Wait, no. <laughs>